Good evening, kings, men, and kings, women. It's the king of the couch back in your lovely ear holes for another week. Let's fucking get it. 2nd of March, 2020, 6.41pm. Coming to you earlier tonight, I uh, I don't have Beck and Arabella in the house. They've gone out to a little family thing and I flagged it because I'm a dedicated podcasting man and I thought, no, I've got to fucking stay home and do this and I want to do this and that's what I do on my Monday so I can't go to dinner. Uh, plus, dinner's not that important. We eat it every night. I mean, it's not even that fun, you know what I mean? It's just, if you miss it today, yeah, it'll be there tomorrow so don't worry about it. But, King of the Couch, episode 39, here we go. I got to be honest. I got a little story. This episode is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a motzo ball, like the like the rest of them, frankly. Um, but so yeah, let me just close some of these fucking web browsers. What an amateur. Um, pulling up my notes. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, bit of a bit of a loose end tonight. I frankly, the last couple of weeks, last week especially at work, was absolutely fucking chocobolic, and uh, I really didn't take many notes and note things throughout the week. I was just totally consumed by work and other stuff, and. Uh, I was sitting there probably about 24 hours ago, and I was like, fuck, I was like, I've got nothing for the show tomorrow night. Anyway, I then had something for the show, a little uh, a little friend, uh, he's not little, he's a normal-sized human being, I met this guy twice, and I said, mate, we were having a chat last night, and uh, I was going to get him on the show, he's not on the show, and I'll tell you why very, very soon, which will lead me into a whole sort of fucking deep hole of the interweb that I got into late this afternoon, right before the show actually, and sort of worked out on some shit I could talk about. But anyway, episode 39, let's go. I'm taking advantage of the quiet home. I'll start with the weekend like I always do. Friday night, uh, very quiet one. I actually, our friends, they we, we had a bit of a texting back and forth. They invited us over. I've got to be honest, I'm shitful on Friday nights. I don't know about you lot, but I am a night owl. So Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, I'm up late. I'm up late, I'm doing things, I'm consumed by work, my family, I'm trying to work out, be good, stay off the booze, eat healthy, all that shit. But Friday night, it just, oh, the king of the couch. I literally retreat to the couch. I always attempt to watch a movie and I never can get through a full movie. I have a couple of drinks, I get fucking drowsy as hell. And that's me done. So they invited us around. I was like, we said yes, but then we politely declined because I wanted to really watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I'll give you my review uh, very, very shortly. And um, that was about it. I had a couple of beers only, maybe maybe one glass of wine, and I was cooked. I can't even remember what we were eating, but that doesn't matter. That was Friday night. Saturday was all chores all day. Um, I've got about, I reckon, 10 square feet of grass over, across my property. And uh, the grass, I do it biannually, I've got to be honest. I'm not much of an outdoor uh, laboring type man. I'm definitely an amateur landscaper at best. Uh, but the grass was about two foot high, so I thought, I've got to do something. This is a fucking eyesore. It's become an eyesore. I need some. I need to get amongst the lawn porn. So borrowed a mower, a whippersnipper, and a gurney off Beck's cousins. Shout out to Matt and Taylor. Thank you very much for lending us that. You're very kind to do that. Went around there, did it, picked it up, come back. I've on the whippersnipper for about two and a half fucking seconds. I've run out of wire. I mentioned before about hitting my neighbor in the head with the whippersnipper. I'm not too good at the whippersnippering, but I did what I could while I had a very, very small window of whippersnipping time. Anyway, so I did the rest by like hand, basically. Uh, I got the mower out, sorted, done all that. It's hard work. My neighbor's a landscaper, and he's out there like eight hours a day just gunning it like a real man's man. 
Man, I was out there for a good 25 to 30 minutes and I was cooked sweating. I reckon I drank about two liters in that 30 minutes. And I was like, how do people do this for a job? They must just be so fucking conditioned to it. And, you know, little old me just chiming in every now and then, try to do a bit of uh, manual labor, sweating my absolute ringer out. But anyway, that was most of Saturday. It took me fucking all day. I tried a gurney. That was shit. I couldn't get that done. So I fucking was like, right, I'm done here. Uh, I took some of the bottle to the fucking bottle exchange. Quick disclaimer, I'm not worried about this. I'm not doing it because I'm fishing for the cash. I, I did a bit of digging about the recycling benefits of it. So every now and then when I have too much to drink or we have a bit of a shindig and there's heaps of bottles left over, I try to do my part by recycling them and uh, and collecting it. So I picked up $5.70. Thank you very much. So those 57 bottles and cans of alcohol uh, then became one $5 bottle of wine. I like that math. So that was pretty much Saturday, caught up with uh, Stu, Disco Stu and Tani on Saturday afternoon, had about five beers around there and some food, that was good, had a swim, that was fun with the whole family, always good seeing them, lovely people, love Stu and Tani, big Disco, shout out Disco and Tani. And then come home, and then we watched the second half of fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I couldn't, in fact, finish it on Friday night because I fall asleep. Two and a half hour movie. I like a long movie, but fuck me, I just wasn't captivated. And I'll get to my, I'll get to my review very, very quickly. And then Sunday, much the same. So family stuff. Uh, I can't even remember. I sort of was like, we had a bit of a bit of a snooze in the afternoon together, and then we caught up with some friends last night. So. Now, let's get back to how I had tonight's guests already lined up. So, uh, his name is Jared. Good good dude. I've only met him. That was the second time I met him. He's quite uh, quite an introvert, I'd say. He's going to be on the podcast very soon. He was meant to be on it tonight, right? I, 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 had, I was at a loose end, and I thought, this is, this is fucking, this is going to work out for me, and it's going to come up fucking Millhouse. He, we were sitting there, and we were chatting, and we were chatting really good chat. I've got to be honest, the banter was flowing. Uh, Jared's not a drinker. I was having a few drinks, but I was like, this is good. This doesn't matter. This guy's chat is so good. He doesn't need a drink to amplify the situation, so let's have it. He asked me a couple of controversial topics, which I won't go into now. I want to talk about it on the show with him, but look... In our conversation last night, we talked about homosexuality or gays, you know, in general, uh, female and and male gays. Um, We talked about that. We talked about Israel Folau. We talked about uh, racism. We talked about religion. Heavily got on the topic of religion. And we just talked about opinions and overall opinions and respecting that, which, look, I dabble. I've talked about that in the show numerous times. And and next, next week when Jared's on, we will talk about that. So... You're probably thinking, why is this motherfucker not on the show tonight then? Well, I'll tell you what. He spent a month in Thailand, right? He's Thai. Um, he went over there to see his family. He took the kids over, and then and Jamie, his wife, went over. And they, she was there for like two weeks. Whatever it was, doesn't matter. But he was there for like three I said, how was your trip, man? Uh, he said, oh, look, it was all right. It was good seeing family and doing this and spending different time with with my immediate family. But I was sick for most of it. I was like, oh, that sucks. He's like, yeah, a bit of flu symptoms and shit like that. Anyway, I'm good now. But I'm going to go to the doctors tomorrow to uh, check my blood work. You know, there was a few things he wanted to check out. All good. Guy wants to check his blood work out. Who am I to judge? So he does that. I text the motherfucker at like 10 o'clock this morning saying, hey, man, we're still on for still on for the potty because he was stoked and I was stoked on, and I know this is going to be a good conversation. Anyway, shoots me back uh, a picture of him and he's wearing one of the the doctor surgery masks and, and he's like, you'll never believe it. He's like, I've come in here to the fucking doctors to get my bloods done and uh and they've got me in isolation, right? Coronavirus, it's a fucking thing. So he's in there waiting for a doc, right? 
And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. You know what I mean? I was like, geez, all the best, man. I'm sure you're right. He's like, I feel absolutely fine, but this is just the protocol. So anyway, he's in there for five hours. In the meantime, I've told Beck, and she's freaked out a little bit. And Liz has got wind of it, the mother-in-law. She's freaking out a little bit. Then I'm texting back and forth. And I was like, hey, man, how are you going? You're all good. Did, the, did you get the results? And he said, look, I didn't get the results. They told me to, they told me to stay in isolation, stay away from people. He's obviously got a family and stuff. He's going to see them anyway. You know what I mean? They were around here last night. So, look, he's interacting with people. That's what you do. He feels fine, but the, the the fear, the panic set into me. I was just like, oh, shit. The fear and panic set into Beck. And I was like, yeah, listen, man, I really want to do this podcast, but I was like, to appease my uh, my family, I was like, let's fucking postpone this podcast, all right? Let's just get the all clear that you're not suffering from coronavirus. I have to know that. I've got to do my, my diligent duty as a father. So... Yeah, look, unfortunately, this was meant to be a guest episode tonight, and it's not. And I fucking blame coronavirus. God damn it, son of a bitch. Uh, it's a claim to guest tonight. But look, fingers crossed he's all good, and I'm sure he is all good. But, uh, you know, as I said, precautions, people, precautions. You can't be too careful. But that got me into this massive fucking... Uh, I don't know much about coronavirus besides what I've seen on the telly and on the, on the uh, internet. I really don't watch you know, the mainstream media, that sort of news. And the reason I don't watch it is because it's just so full of absolute fear-mongering, you know what I mean? It scares you. I have no idea what I'm watching. I don't get, like, I'm not fearful, I'm not scared, but it is just full of bad, negative shit, you know what I mean? Coronavirus, bang, you turn on the TV, and it's just all over it. Death's here, death's that. I've Googled coronavirus, death's here. You know, the second person's died in America, the first person died in Perth the other week. It's horrible, there are like 2,000 deaths now and all this sort of stuff. And you're just like, shit, fuck, you know what I mean? I've got this guy, he's now getting tested for coronavirus, he's in the house, oh my god, this is a fucking pandemic. But, is it? You know what I mean? I don't know. I got down this fucking wormhole, I really did, you know? So, look, it's still early days, and it is killing people, which I do feel horrible about, and, and I know there's a thing, but is it the mainstream media that are, like, really, really beefing it up? Because, look society as a whole we're kind of at the kind of at the mercy i think of of these mainstream media outlets if you choose to watch that stuff then you have you're believing that you know my grandparents watch that my mum watches that a lot of family look most of my family that are over a certain age watch that you know look a lot of people over a certain age watch that unless they've sort of woke up and you know smelled the the roses so to speak um there's so many theories around this. Uh, this is there's a couple of funny ones, and I, this is what I got down the wormhole of, like these these different theories behind coronavirus. So, look, one of the theories is population control. It started in China. China's got a massive population. I know they've got that thing. Look, don't quote me for any of the Chinese fans. I don't know, but I've I've, I've read it up on a thing once about the the child policy in China. You know what I mean? They've capped it at one to two children or something like that because they're just the country's just apparently running out of fucking room. Now I've been to China once. I've been to Hong Kong for a week and I went and did a day trip in China. And look, it's busy. It's fucking busy. Um, so that was interesting. Population control from the Chinese government. That's that's one of the theories, and it was released. You know. Uh, this apparently the coronavirus is born at the you know the fucking meat markets that china have now look not shitting on the on china's meat markets or anything like that but i've seen some footage and it looks pretty fucking disgusting i gotta be honest it looks like an absolute cesspool of disease so it makes you think i'm kind of going hang on i'm gonna fucking do the full plant-based fucking backflip and shun red meat and any meat in particular because uh of the china 
coronavirus meat market debacle. Who knows? I then got on another video on Instagram, which is pretty cool. I'll talk about that soon. It was on a vegan page, actually. Very, very interesting stuff. Uh, I should share it on my Instagram. Uh, I won't even do it justice talking about it, but it was like... Basically, they talk about the animals and how the animals are pumped up with antibiotics. Uh, obviously, it was born from, from animals, but now human beings are, are eating these animals, and now human beings themselves are becoming immune to antibiotics, right? So the issue with, like, they can't find a cure right now for coronavirus is because of this. It's more of a, what do they call it? It was like an antibiotic sort of resistance. That's what it was, something like that. And uh, and then there's certain things like STIs, UTIs, some of these basic, like sexual transmitted disease and really basic things like 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 flus and colds. The, the common drugs or antibiotics now, they're not working anymore, so they're having to create new ones, right? And, it's, and it was to do with, and look, for all the smarty pantsers out there listening to this going, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. You're right. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just telling you about a fucking video I saw on Instagram, which I thought was very interesting, right? But everyone's eating fucking meat. They're full of antibiotics. Now we're getting immune to antibiotics, and now these diseases are killing us because the antibiotics that we're being prescribed do not fucking work. So, of course, it was a vegan page, so they were saying the best thing you can do is just start eating fucking plant-based, and you'll take that whole equation away. Which, look, I know apparently coronavirus can be, uh, what's the word, shared from plants and things like that, but it's not born from plants. It's born from meat, apparently. But look, go and research it for yourself. One of the other ones I uh, I heard, this was an interesting one, that America had planted coronavirus within China to, to trample China so the economy would, would dip quite heavily, and that means that America would become the number one nation again on the earth or something like that. I mean, we've all seen the American movies, you know what I mean? America always saves the day. Maybe makes sense. I don't know. Go and dig that out. Check that one out quite evil to think like that though isn't it look i'm no snowflake of course but uh i like to think that this doesn't happen but uh who knows i don't get it i don't get why these power uh, these countries are always gunning for power you know what i mean these one individuals they're gunning for power just like can't we just fucking get along can we not just have a chill and have a beer and just have a chat you know what i mean and just enjoy the uh, the differences that like america and china and australia and england and all of the fucking rest we all have you know not in common, but come together and go, look, this is fun. Italy, you created pizza. That was very fun. Thank you very much, Italy. Uh, you know, look, I'm riffing tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I have nothing to talk about tonight. I fucking, I slipped on the goals, but this is good. Now, I was talking to my cousin just before the show, and we, we got, he, he mentioned the topic of The Simpsons and how The Simpsons have predicted this. So I jump online, coronavirus. 1993, season 4, episode 21 of The Simpsons. They predicted coronavirus. Interesting. I'm looking at this picture right now. Uh, Homer opens a box that's been delivered from China. There's this fucking germ plague that gets him. And bang, Kent Brockman's on the screen. On the screen, it says coronavirus, right? So they basically were just like, yeah, you know what I mean? That's the thing. So they're predicting it, which is fucking interesting that, that these things happen in these shows i have a bit of a theory around that but i did a quick bit of googling and the simpsons have been apparently responsible for a lot of predictions of these these events that have happened in the world i'm going to go through like a list of these because i think these are very interesting so the siegfried and roy's tigers attack i remember watching that as a kid that was a thing that actually happened 
autocorrect fails on the iPhone, the, the predicting of a text, they, they predicted that. They predicted FaceTiming in the Lisa's Wedding episode, faulty voter machines. I know that was a thing that happened in America. Roman runs with this. The God Particle, the NSA spying scandal, that happened in the movie. Smartwatches, uh, America's Ebola outbreak. Oh, God, another fucking pandemic. FIFA's corruption scandal, Greece's debt default, the Nobel Prize winner, uh, Ben Holmstrom. They predicted that six years prior to him actually winning the Nobel fucking prize. They predicted Donald Trump's presidency, Lady Gaga's halftime show, Disney's Fox takeover, so we're doing Disney took over Fox, Team USA's Olympic curling win, and Drogon's fiery rampage on Game of Thrones. Now, some of those quite trivial, I know that. But I have this theory, you know what I mean? And, and, and if we can fucking... We're on the conspiracy theory uh, bandwagon right now. But some of these things, they might look like predictions from Simpsons, but I'm thinking it, I'm thinking it's the other way. I feel like like societies and people have watched this and gone, that's something that we can do. We've seen that in this show. I always think that when I watch movies, that especially futuristic ones, science fiction ones, or anything about whatever it is, future things, you know what I mean? Like Tesla and stuff like that. Electric cars, flying cars, all that shit. You see this in movies, and I just think I just sit back sometimes, going, "Why fucking come up with something in your own brain? Just turn on a bloody science fiction movie and just copy what the fuck they've done in that." And a lot of these things, I got to be honest, you know, like you, someone could be sitting there watching The Simpsons, going, "Thank you, Simpsons. No need to fucking think. I'll steal that and I'll create that." And then years later, lo and behold, The Simpsons have predicted this. Who knows? That's just the way I think. But look, coronavirus is a real thing at the moment. Uh, I'm trying not to get sucked into it, um, but look, I'm waiting to hear from Jared because if, <laughs> if he checks out, which I'm sure he will, I guarantee he will, he's on the show next week. So next week we will have a guest. That's where I was going with that one. Now, right, let's drop coronavirus. The only fucking time I want to think about coronas is those delicious Mexican export just running down the back of my throat on a hot summer's day. Oh, shout out, corona. Anyway, 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 let's get back to it. I'm going to do a little movie review now. I watched, it's going to be a quick one. I've got to be honest, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. In a word, disappointed. And I don't like shitting on art and culture and things like that. I am pretty lenient when it comes to movies and music. If I love something or I love a band, I'm pretty good at going, you know, they went a bit different on this album, but I can respect that. Same as directors and things like that. Now, I've seen every Quentin Tarantino movie there is to see, as far as I know. I've seen the other ones that, you know, like True Romance and From Dust Till Dawn, ones that he's written but not directed himself. So I am a fan, 100%. Movies like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, absolute classics, 10 out of 10. And then some of his newer movies, Inglorious Bastards, uh, Django Unchained, even like The Hateful Eight. That got a lot of a lot, a lot of shit, but I really liked The Hateful Eight. I thought that was a great movie. Um, Kill Bill 1 and 2, great. That whole idea of Kill Bill 1 and 2 is so sick. I hope they're going to do a fucking volume 3, which I've heard that. I pretty much like every Tarantino movie. So I was... To say that I wanted to see this movie and I was I was anticipating it was, uh, yeah, that's an understatement because I was really looking forward to this. Love the trailer for it. Love Leo DiCaprio. Love Brad Pitt. Love Margot Robbie. Pretty much everybody that was in this movie I loved. The movie was just shit. I've got to be honest. It was flat, flat as attack. I didn't like it. Two and a half hours fucking long. You want some shit to happen. The la- Look, I'm not going to spoil it, but, you know, potential spoiler alert, so avert your fucking ears if you haven't seen this movie and you want to see it. The last 20-ish, 30 minutes were good, I thought. Um, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but, like, it, it, it's it's sort of set around 
an actor and his stunt double, and then the actor's sort of on the way out, and he's talking about going to uh, to Europe to do some film and things like that. And look, they both drink a lot. Uh, they both sort of get, you know, they're just on a bit of a downward spiral by the looks of it. He always plays a villain. Um, but look, he plays a good part. They, they splice a few older movies in there where it's got Leo playing like these famous parts. That was pretty cool. I thought I liked that. Brad Pitt's basically, I feel like, just fucking playing himself. You know what I mean? I think he'd be a cool dude to have a beer with uh, BT Dubs. But Margot Robbie's in it, and she's hot as hell as always. She doesn't really, she's not really in it that long, I've got to be honest. Um, and then it sort of revolves around uh, like the the Manson family murders of, of Sharon Tate. Anyone that doesn't know that, go and Google that. But basically, the Manson family murdered Sharon Tate and a few friends when she was pregnant. That was Roman Polanski, a famous director's wife. That that was the story. That's history. That's not my story. That's fucking real shit. And that's sort of what the movie is based around. This guy on his decline with his stunt double, drinking a lot, doing movies, and then. Sharon Tate comes into the movie. Now, that's all I want to say on that. That's basically the plot. Two and a half hours, I thought there'd be something fucking more for me to sink my teeth into. It just was very boring, very slow. And I love Quentin Tarantino's dialogue, but the dialogue in this was just... I don't know. It just wasn't even some of his best work. I think he's got this huge... He's huge. Let's put it that way. People know Tarantino. You say the word Quentin Tarantino, people go, oh, yeah, fuck it. And I'm sure as shit, as an actor, they just go, look, I want to be in a Tarantino film no matter what. And, uh, look, this is the case. I think Leo's been in maybe two of his movies. Uh, This might have been his second movie with Tarantino, Brad Pitt's second movie. Um, And they were, like, the leading men in this, you know. So very, very cool to see them in the movie. Just the movie was shit. So the last... 20 minutes were good. I enjoyed the last 20 minutes. It goes a bit it goes a bit crazy. I won't ruin it for you. Um, but kind of like in Glorious Bastard, he 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 uh, he disrupts um, some real life facts. So that's all I'll say on that. But very disappointed. Whew, very disappointed. Hopefully he comes back with an even better movie. I'd like to see him do some fucking like Kill Bill Volume 3 or some shit or something. I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't like this movie. I'm sorry. Quentin, I'm sorry uh, that I didn't like it. Again, I'd like to have a beer with you too. Um, but anyway, that's my fucking movie review. Now, quick update on my fitness goals. Still tracking fairly well. Got to be honest, didn't really do much shit over the weekend. I've added in, well, Milky's fucking added in uh, another goal for me to do through the week. Uh, no sweets. No sweet treats Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? Basically, I've got to be honest, got to come clean. I say I'm eating healthy. I am until I sit down at about 8, 30, 9 o'clock and beyond. I get unhealthy at that point. I, When I'm off the sauce, uh, you know, lady liquor, when I'm not devouring Cooper's Pale Ale and wine night after night, I feel like my sweet tooth goes a-raging. So does Becky's for that matter. Sorry to put you in it, love. But let's be honest, we're fiends for the sweet treats. I, just last week, I reckon we went through two packs of Weiss bars. Uh, they were on special at Coles. What's a boy to do? I got two. But I was like, anywhere from like, obviously I was having fucking one a night, but some nights I was just smashing two Weiss bars late at night, and I'm a real late night snacker. It's a problem. And I really got into Oreos recently, and Caramel Crowns, fuck me dead, they're so good. But like anything, when you when you pop a packet, you just can't stop, you know what I mean? So we were eating like five or six of these Caramel Crowns each. Basically, there's like, whatever in a pack and we were splitting that so some nights we were going through a whole thing of caramel crowns the next night it was oreos and the next night was caramel crowns again and then a couple of weiss bars here and there and that was us just destroying it destroying it destroying it so beck had a guffle on wednesday night last week she was like 
hey, I got an idea. How about next week we we don't eat sweets Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? I was like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? I get it. It's like when someone's hungover and they're like, oh, I'm never drinking again. And then as soon as they feel good, they're like, yeah, let's fucking drink again. It's fucking weekend. That's Beck whenever she's got the old uh, chocolate goggles on. But unbeknownst to me, this sneaky little girl, she's text Milky and going, hey, listen, we got a problem with the sweets. I need you to add this shit to the list because if it's not on the list, we're not going to adhere to it. I can guarantee you that much. So, God, man, I woke up on Thursday morning. I had a quick look at my True Coach app and the sneaky dog has just put on, you can't eat sweet treats, you fat motherfucker. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, mate. All right, sounds good. But the only exception was 75% or more dark chocolate, only two squares per night. Fucking hell, two squares per night. That's like that's like opening a beer and going, here, drink half, then put the other half on ice until fucking Tuesday night. You're like, oh, God. So I'm thinking, look, I might just stay off it. You know what I mean? Those four nights, and that's more than half the week. I'd be happy with that. If I can go no sweet treats, no alcohol for more than half the week, I'm feeling pretty fucking damn good about myself. And then, of course... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll just fucking explode and just drink and eat as much shit as we can and we can then retox again Monday. I think that's a good situation. Let's do that. Until my goals need to be retweaked again. But look, that's my fitness goals. He's upped it on here, so I'm doing 100 push-ups a day. I've got, I think I've got 40 push-ups left tonight. I've done my sit-ups today. I've done my squats. I've done my bloody cardio this morning. I've got fucking yoga, mindfulness, and personal development coming up after this. So that's why I want to get the podcast done because frankly... The 30 minutes of development, personal development, I'm still finding it hard to get into. There's a couple of things I uh, I used to listen to, and uh, I know Milky, he'll get, he, he he loves Jim Rohn. And I've got to be honest, uh, Jim Rohn, when we were doing the Herbalife thing, Jim Rohn was a personal developmental. He was the guy that basically taught Tony Robbins. Then at some point, he got on the MLM bandwagon too. So he basically became the poster boy. Outside of the guy that started Herbalife, Jim Rome was the poster boy in Herbalife, right? So we used to fucking worship at his old gray head, you know, for that whole year. This guy could do no wrong. Now I want to go back and listen to it. I'm like, there's still nuggets of gold in here, but it's wrapped in network marketing bullshit. So I find it really hard to uh, to get stuck in. I've got to be. I'm sorry, Milky. That's just a, that's just a cold hard truth about it. So I've got some other guys here, but I'm gonna find a book. Anyone that's listening to this that can recommend me good books on things to learn, hit me up. But I'm looking at different things. I was listening to a few TED talks today. Heard a good quote. It was about a clown doctor. His quote was making sense through nonsense. Basically, you know, on the on the the wavelength of uh, laughter is the best medicine. I thought it was really cool, you know. Um, go and check it out. It was like an eight-minute video, TED Talk. Type in Clown Doc, you'll find it. I can't remember the motherfucker's name. But anyway, that was that was it. So that's my update on my uh, my fitness goals, really. Still on track. Maybe tweak it on the weekend. I'm looking at getting a bike, just a really cheap one. Maybe like spend like 100 bucks on a second-hand one just to see if I like to cruise around to the beaches because there's some lovely beaches up at the Sunshine Coast probably get 10 15 20 k's in in the afternoon just cruising around you know at my own pace maybe we get ahead of myself 20 k's i did that once on a bike that was pretty fucking hard i thought but anyway thinking about it but look onwards and upwards we're doing pretty pretty good so far but what else have i got to talk about oh look before i got on the show i put it out to a couple of people i asked i asked a few people random people i asked my mum some stuff i asked james harrison some stuff and I asked my cousin alan some stuff i was like what do you want to hear what do you want to hear so i've got a few things that they come up with and I've sort of uh, rolled with, you know what I mean? So social media, I wanted to talk about social media and then my mum ironically asked me a question about social media. 
I, and I think I'm going to do it. Look, after tonight's show, after I post this episode and I do my little thing in the morning, I'm going to sign off social media. Look, I used to, I was thinking I'll do a week, but I'm going to sign off from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I might re-download the app on Friday night or the weekend. I don't know, but I am going to take a few days off social media because for me personally, and I'm sure other people will agree with this, it's just become like a real time-consuming black fucking hole of depravity. It really is. I look at the dumbest shit. It's a mixture of like looking at fashionable stuff. It's a mixture of like having a perv and just looking at dumb shit. Although, shout out the inspired unemployed. I just, Jamie, a friend that was over last night, she put me onto them. Those guys are piss fucking funny. Let's put that out there. So I was just having a bit of a binge on their shit uh, late this afternoon before I started the podcast. So might get a few more of their videos in tonight but then look at least the next three days after i post tomorrow morning the show i'm off social media but that's just me my mum then asked about social media and she was sort of saying you know she's uh pushing 60 she's looking good for 60 but she's she's pushing 60 so she's a different generation let's just say that much but um she was she wanted to know about the younger generation and i guess maybe this was targeted at me and 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 people in my generation but she wanted to know what is social media good for for the younger generation is this how they find out their news you know like their mainstream their version of mainstream media and their relevant information you know is it because they're interested in the world around them or are they just interested in what is happening around them you know with their social circles um you know, I just thought, look, a lot of people are probably just interested in what their peer group are doing, not what the world is doing, you know what I mean? I don't know if they're worried about fucking coronavirus and things like that, but they might be worried about what fucking young Molly is wearing to the next rave, if you know what I'm saying. So it's very interesting. I, I commented on this a few podcasts ago when we were down at uh, on our family holiday. You know, my pop was there, read the fucking paper front to back every day. I mean, the guy would be on it for like two or three hours. But in the same time, my cousins would be sitting there on their phone, scrolling Instagram, looking at God knows what, you know what I mean? Now, we're just stereotyping. They could have been looking at bullshit, but who, for all I know, they could have been reading stuff. Uh, my, one of my cousins, she, she's a dancer, she teaches dancing. So every time she showed her, showed her phone, it was, you know, dance stuff. So I'm like, whoa, she's using this as like an educational thing. So you can't, you can't judge someone for that. But, you know... I know for myself, I look at it for, for, you know, educational reasons, I guess. I look it up, you Google things, you need to know the answer right now, you Google it. But I also spend a fucking shitload of time just wasting my time. That's what it is. Oh, I got to go to the toilet. I'll take my phone so I can fucking scroll on bullshit for a while. Even between episodes of like Sons of Anarchy at night, I'm like, oh, I'll just have a five minute breather so I can look at a really, really tiny screen of other bullshit. Then when I'm done looking at that, because I'm so jack of it, I'll go back to Sons of Anarchy and get, get excited again. But for me, yeah, look, I, I'll i be honest, I do get my news. I, I try to seek out my good news as uh, not so much my bad news. I... um. Even just even just Googling the coronavirus and when I was watching some of the bushfire stuff in Australia on YouTube, now my fucking YouTube, it's still got all my shit on there, but there's like a little fucking Channel 9 window that's popped up with just negative crap. Channel 9, fuck off. I don't want to see that shit, so get out of my feed. But yeah, look, mum, I guess to answer your question, I'd like to think that the younger generation, and probably and the older generation, of course, are using it to get their news or to do their, to do their learning or whatever you want to call it, their education. Um, but I'm sure as shit that people are wasting a lot of fucking time on there uh, as well. Your son being one of them. So, social media detox, it's going to happen for the next three to four days. And I'm going to fucking sign off Instagram tomorrow. So whoever follows me on Instagram is listening to this, hold me to it. Hold me to it. 
And one other thing my dear mum asked me, she said, talk about good manners. And I want to talk about good manners. I don't know if I've ever talked about good manners on this show. Look, I know I curse and, and talk uh, talk crass on the show sometimes. But I fucking know I have good manners. I think good manners are a thing that are very, very important in uh, this day and age, especially because I know some people think that it's fleeting, but good manners are timeless. They will travel time and space, and they're always going to be needed. Um, Please, thank you. It's a must, you know what I mean? Holding the door for not just females, for anybody. I think that's an important thing to do, you know what I mean? One thing that I think is, is is falling into the good manners category. When you're on like a little skinny street and there's a car parked either side and there's a car coming at you, you're driving the other way and you know that only one of you guys can get through and you've got to stop and pull over, they got to stop and pull over, fucking give that other person a wave. If they've pulled over for you, the least you can do is lift one fucking finger off your stupid little steering wheel and give me, thanks mate, good manners. Please, thank you. One finger off the steering wheel. Let's do that. But that's... To me, as being a father too, it's the most important thing. And I know Beck's all over this too. We, we Look, Arabella can't talk yet, but we say please and thank you all the time around her. Please and thank you when we're doing the dinner, the food stuff with her. It's very important. Um, little things like just, just even basic sort of, I guess, what do you call them? Like physical good manners, you know what I mean? When you finish with your dinner, your knife and fork on the plate. Little things like that, to me, they're timeless. You know, I'm very new school, but like, like I'll always hold the door open for Beck. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, if I can, maybe try to take a seat out for her at the table. Um, look, she's usually so hungry by the time we get to the restaurant, she's diving into the seat, so she's on the menu. But so I don't even get a chance sometimes. But if I get the chance, I'll pull that seat back so she can put a nice booty on it. But anyway, good manners, they are priceless. So if you're not, not using good manners upcut yourself and start using good manners now on that punchable offense i want to talk punchable offenses i got two we're at the beach yesterday having a beer we walk off the beach two drongos which i didn't fucking see but they were drinking two cans of gold giving forex gold a bad name just by that but these motherfuckers they littered they left their beers there now look if you can bring a fucking can of beer to the beach then your dumb ass can pull it off the beach and put it into a bin on the way home. It's really not that hard, you know what I mean? Hold on to it and go and collect your fucking 10 cents for all I care. Punchable offense number one I'm going to talk about tonight. And here's another one, and I feel like this falls into good manners. Both these things are all good manners. Men and women for that matter, if you go to the fucking toilet, you better wash your hands. I don't care, number one, number two, wee wee poo poo. You wash your hands. The amount of fucking men I've come across in a, in a, in a public public restroom uh, sounds kind of weird, but I have to wee and poo sometimes in public, and that's what I do. I go into the public restrooms. Anyway, the amount of men I see doing their bits, walking out of the cubicle or just shaking their shit at the urinal, and they just walk, they just leg it, you know what I mean? And I always think about that when i got to shake someone's hand. I'm like, am I, am I just touching your dick? through your hand here i don't want to do that i don't want to be that guy i don't want to sniff my hand later and smell your dick on it that's disgusting i don't want to do that so for fuck's sake wash your hands after going to the toilet that's for humanity if humanity are listening which i know they are fucking wash your hands that's a punchable offense if you don't i'm gonna just start punching people in random restrooms at this point if they walk out bang king hit right in the back of the head what's that for mate because you didn't wash your dirty cock hands Actually, no, I won't do that because I'm not a fan of the cow punch. I'll run around and get in front of them so they can see me coming and then bang, right in the kisser. They saw it coming that time because of the dirty cock and shit hands. Anyway, two punchable offenses. I just wanted to highlight those. Now, 
Another person asked me to talk about uh, Beck. I, I mentioned Beck on here. I don't talk too much. I don't think about Beck. I don't know. Correct me. I never listen to the shows about you. Have to t- write to me and tell me if I do. Um, but he wanted to, he wanted to hear more about motherhood. Now I'm not a mother myself, um, but from the outside looking in, I thought, yeah, this is kind of cool to talk to. Now I've tried a couple of times to to get Beck on the show. She's really not keen. She thinks that I'm going to make fun of her and stuff. And I de- oh, look, I wouldn't do that. I'm not saying we wouldn't have a bit of banter back and forth, but I definitely wouldn't make fun of her. I, I really want to get her on the show, and uh, I might put it out on Instagram tag her in it see if people want to hear her on the show i'd like to get her on the show i'd like people to meet the queen of the couch but i'd also like to sort of break down relationships our what we hold our values in our relationships and what we think are fucking bullshit in 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 society and just the shit that doesn't matter basically i think look people text me and fucking instagram me all the time saying thanks man i'm so glad you talked about that so i know that people would get value out of relationship stuff the men and the women and seeing it fucking vice versa because that's what you got to do you know but uh yeah look motherhood and beck how has it changed her look i think it's changed her a lot but beck was always a really really good person um she is a really good person she was a great person that's why i fell in love with her when I met Beck way back when, I was a chubby, long haired, had a scraggy little mustache thing going on. I used to drink like a fucking fish and I was just in a, a shitty way. But when I met her, she was the shining light out of it all. I um I wanted to have her there and then, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. That's what I wanted. So I uh, I said it. That was my goal. I got to realize that was like a life goal. I was helping myself, but there was a real end game to, to be with Beck and look pat on the back king of the couch I got it but when I met her she was cool she was going through some life changes and stuff as well and uh look we fell in love that so I know her being single for a while and and, and it was cool she was awesome we did all that seeing to be a mum I may have mentioned this before but she's really come into her own uh it was almost like she was born to do it now that might say sound cliche and stuff like that i don't think there's any shame in like women wanting to be mums or or dads wanting to be fathers you know if they really want to pride themselves on that and be the best mother or father they can be i think that's one of the coolest things that uh, that a human being can do because it's very very important and it can be pretty hard and daunting to raise uh to raise another little human being, you know what I mean? Think of all the shit that you have learnt and and the the mistakes you've made and the lessons you've learnt and all that sort of stuff. Now now as a parent, you're you're going to have to do help someone else do that as well, you know what I mean? So it's a really fucking big deal and anyone that doesn't think it is, they're, then they're, they're fucking need their head read because you're just lying to yourself. So Beck is a wonderful mum. She's great. I... I'm sure I've talked about it before, but like just, I work from home, you know, I'm lucky like that, and I can still see Arabella and stuff on the day-to-day, and Beck on the day-to-day, so I can help out just here and there, I've got to be honest, work is my main priority from nine to five, but if I need to change an app, you need to look after Arabella, while Beck's got to go to the toilet or do something quickly, I I can do that, you know, and it might happen one or two times a day, pardon me, but it's a fucking full-time job, I've got to be honest, you know what I mean? From the moment you get up, it's just on. It's all It's all about Arabella. Um, look, we get up, she comes on the walk with us. She's in the bed with us in the morning sometimes, sort of, you know, crawling all over us, and Beck's doing the breastfeeding. I mean, just that alone. The, the nipples, they've got to take a fucking beating, you know what I mean? So it's physically hard on the body. Um, but it is full-on, you know? So the, so the day at this point is like, Honestly, like, and Beck might be up sometimes one, two, three times a night. It just depends, you know, doing a bit of feeding. Sometimes she changes the nappies. I try to get up when I can, but Beck's pretty cool. Like, she's like, look, you've got to go to work all day. You've got to make the money. 
you you need your sleep. I don't respect sleep, you know what I mean? But Arabelle's a pretty good sleeper right now. So she she's pretty good getting through the night, you know, touch wood. But basically, look, it could start at 5 a.m. She might get up, do a feed. She might sleep again a little bit. Then sometimes she'll jump in the bed with us. We'll, we'll pull her into the bed with us for, you know, 10, 20, half an hour. Then we'll wake up. We'll get the shoes on. We'll go walking in the morning. we get have Arabella there. Sometimes she's crying and she wants to get out of the pram. Most of the time, she's pretty chill, though. Um, then we come home, you know what I mean? Sometimes we'll go to the beach, have a quick swim. We take her and Frank down. So then we've got our good Arabella in there. I try to do that in the morning with her, you know, because I, I want to spend time with her. And... Um, Sometimes Beck takes her to the pool and things like that. But then it's like, look, come home, we make some coffees, we shower. So we've got to take the turns in the shower. Sometimes we get Arabella in there with us, so that's another thing. She might have fucking gone to the toilet a second time, so then one of us has got to change a nappy. Generally, you know, Beck at this point, because she's like, you got to get ready for work. Then we make the coffee, then the breakfast, you know, then she's got to make the breakfast. So Beck will make herself a breakfast, then she'll make Arabella a breakfast. So it's pretty the same sort of thing. I mean, at this point, like, Arabella's eating, like, oats and bananas and some berries and things like that, some coconut yogurt. So they eat very similar in the mornings. But you've got to sit there and feed her. So that's that's a, 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 the first task, the first big task of the day, getting that done. Then you've got to clean it. All the while, sometimes she's clingy as hell and wants to be hanging off you. Other times she wants to run around the house, pulling pans out, going crazy, yelling and carrying on. But you've got to be like on the whole time. That's the thing. You know, even if you're not really quote unquote doing stuff, you're always watching, always checking, always minding what's going on. You want to go, fuck, has the nappy full again? Then you've got to check it again. Okay, now I've got to breastfeed at this point. Then, you know, you've got the lunch thing. You do all that again. You try to get it down for the first sleep. You try to get it down for the second sleep. First sleep, she's pretty good. The second sleep, she is not so good. So it looked, Beck will sometimes have a little kip herself. But nine times out of ten, Arabella will literally sleep on top of Beck. You know what I mean? And then they just she peels her off after an hour. There's a huge layer of sweat between them because it's fucking hot in Queensland. And that's just the way it is. But look, she loves it, I'm sure. And I know Arabella loves it too. That's why she wants to sleep on her mum. You know. So that's it. Then comes the night time. We might do another walk. Um, but look, it's then dinner. It's then bath time then we get ready so Beck will do the last breastfeed then we'll put her down sometimes she'll fall asleep straight away sometimes she won't but that's it and then look she might wake up again in the night she might not that's a very very quick play by play but the one thing I want to highlight there is that the mum or the person that's the, the minding the baby you know they have to be on they have to be watching Beck does a thing and, and I this took me a little while to learn it because you just sort of get so into your own world but Beck was like you need to talk to Arabella while you're doing stuff so she's one having a conversation you know but two she's like learning things as you're doing them so you end up going around the house doing things I'll have Arabella on the left arm this is this I swear to god you know what I mean you'd be like okay now I'm getting the coffee cup and I'm putting the soy milk into it and then what we'll do is we'll chuck it in the microwave and then you play with her and the buttons you go here do this beep 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 50 seconds in the microwave and then we'll go over here we'll clean the coffee machine we'll put the coffee in you literally are doing stuff like that. That's so she's aware. So she's learning. That's the thing. You know what I mean? She's picking up on the positive vibes and negative vibes, the emotions, high and low. So that's another thing, you know, and I've got to catch myself, and I know Beck's well aware of it, but I've got to catch myself quite a lot, you know, like because I can be a bit frantic and up and down. They're little fucking sponges. They're going to pick this shit up, you know what I mean? Swearing. I've, got, I've talked about that before. I try to really not swear in front of it which i find hard because it just rolls off my my tongue but look to answer your question beck is a sensational mother and i'd say it's 
I'd say it hasn't changed her. I'd say it. I'd say it's made her come into the the woman that she was always meant to be. And from there, she's flourishing now. She's got different goals. She looks at life differently. She has different values. She she prioritizes her values that were always there now, but like they they just she's allowed to do them if that makes sense. That so she really really allows herself to to hit her values and stuff like that. Um, it's crazy. I can't I can't tell you how full on it is, but in the best way possible. And I've said it before. Like anyone that. Anyone that um, that wants to have a kid, go and do it because it will change your life for the better. Uh, we we just talked about having like another kid, maybe in like two to fucking three years from now. So that's the thing that we're entertaining. For me, I don't know if I want. I want to have another kid, but I love Arabella so much, and I'm so consumed by her that I don't know if I want to spread the love over two kids yet. Because I almost like I got a bit weird thing like that. I'm like, oh shit, like I don't want to take the attention away from Arabella because I love her so much. But you know, when someone else would come along, that you're like, you 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 sort of you're gonna have to share that love equally. You know what I mean? And I've heard just different things from people that have two or three kids or more about how they sort of have to evenly disperse that love. You know, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but. We might have a second kid. We're looking at like maybe 2022. How's that? But anyway, episode 39, that's in the bag. Uh, apologies I didn't have a guest tonight. Uh, you can you can blame uh, the coronavirus test for that one. So once we get the results, Jared will be on next week. I've got a slew of guests. I know I, I, know I say that every few weeks, but I do. It's just finding time, but I've got a few lined up. So I think there's going to be three or four weeks I'll have just sort of guests back to back, you know. So, um, But yeah, look. That was the show, episode 39. Um, I hope you have a fucking lovely week. I have had a pleasure doing this as always. And I'll see you on Instagram tomorrow to promote the show and then fucking delete the app. Social media detox, baby. Let's go. King of the Couch, episode 39. Have a great week. I love you all. (laughs) 